Welcome to episode 145 of We Don't Die Radio. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the best-selling book, We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And I'm super excited about our show today because our guest is a dear friend of mine. Her name is Roberta Grimes. Roberta is a business attorney who has spent most of her life studying and writing about death and the afterlife realities. She's the author of many great books and hosts her own radio show called Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. She's also the vice president of the Afterlife Research and Education Institute and will be one of the speakers at the symposium this September in Scottsdale, Arizona. It's really interesting how I met Roberta. I read a book and it recommended that I read The Fun of Dying. Now, this was back in the day when I was doing all my afterlife research, and the title, The Fun of Dying, actually got me angry, because I'm thinking, how can dying be fun? So, needless to say, I purchased the book. The full name of her book is The Fun of Dying, Find Out What Happens Next, and it is one of the best books ever written on the afterlife. And I encourage you not only to read it, but I got the privilege of interviewing Roberta about a year ago on episode 73 of this show. So please take a few minutes after this show and check out episode 73. Roberta's latest books include The Fun of Growing Forever and The Fun of Living Together. And she's up to some other projects that she'll tell us about. And I'm, I really love Roberta, so I'm so happy to say Roberta Grimes, my dear friend, welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Sandra, I love you too. And we have so much fun. Whenever we get together, we do nothing but giggle. I just love it. Yes. I'm so glad to be here. Me too. And I I miss you in person. Roberta and I have gotten together for lunch every time she comes uh, working her business in Massachusetts. And it's been quite a while since we got to see see each other face to face. Yeah, you're just so sweet. And your, (laughs) your radio show is doing fantastic. It is surprising, isn't it? But, but people are hungry for this information. And what, what's interesting to me is when I hear from people, as, as you do as well, um, many of them will say, oh, the only people I listen to are you and Sandra. So it's like we're twinned in their minds, which, which I love because you do such a great job. Yeah, I focus yeah. a lot, I try to anyways, on the afterlife and proof of the afterlife. And while you include that, you have so much more Um based on the title, Seek Reality, with Roberta Grimes. It's, they, the two really complement each other, don't they? I think they do. Other people, people say that they do, which is great. Yeah, and I want to just tell our listener right now, um, I found something really cool out about Roberta's radio show. There is actually an app that you can download on your smartphone, and if you open up your um, where you can buy your apps, And you just type in Seek Reality. It's a free download. And all, well, maybe not all, but there's right now 112 of Roberta's Seek Reality episodes there. And it is a show not to be missed. I mean, it is unbelievably good. So anyways, that's the commercial for you because I love you. (laughs) Thank you, dear. (laughs) I think that's about the most, that's the most recent ones. I've been doing this for almost four years weekly. So there's another hundred odd that uh, are available somewhere on iTunes. If if you try to find them, I'm sure going to iTunes and getting Seek Reality uh, will will bring up those as well. But I love hearing that the app works because I have, I I don't do apps, so I've never even tried it. I think that's terrific. Well, I want one for this show because my show, because I think it's great. We'll make that happen, dear. We'll We'll make it happen. So 
for some people who haven't heard from you before, can you just give us a little of the basis of why you're, you've been so passionate about the afterlife? When I was eight years old, I woke up in the middle of the night and knew there was no God, and I was really scared. And then there was a bright light in my room, a flash of like magnesium, very bright white light. And a voice said, you wouldn't know what it is to have me if you didn't know what it is to be without me. I will never leave you again. So my thought at the time was, oh, that's handy. If you forget there's a God, they remind you. And I went back to sleep. But they, it's a, in the nature of these experiences that they stay foremost in your mind as if they just happened. I mean, it's my whole life that's been right there in my mind. And I wanted to know what happened, what that, what that really was. Where did it come from? And the only thing I could think to do was investigate where the dead go. And that's how I got started. I was obsessed with knowing what had happened to me. And it took me a while, but I puzzled it out. Wow, Roberta. <laughs> and was... What was your first book in the Afterlife series? The Fun of Dying. It was, yeah. I mean, I didn't start writing about this till very late. I spent my life doing the research, mm. and The Fun of Dying's first edition came out only in 2010. So um, I've done a lot of writing in the past seven years in order to have so many books out now. Yeah. Wasn't it something like 200 years of communications you've researched? Yes. There there. We have good communications from the dead, reliable and, you know, through a, a, a their deep trance medium or a channel that go back to the middle of the 19th century, but, um, and even the early part of the 19th century, but they didn't start to really be a flood until close to the beginning of the 20th century. And then we had about 50 years of a lot of very good communications. And the thing about them is they all talk about the same stuff, even though there's no possibility of copying. And I've never found any two that seem to be mimics of, of one another. And I've read hundreds. They're all talking about the same processed the same details the same physics the same things you do the same way you dress what you know what about eating what about communication what about how you travel it's all the same and that's not coincidence so after a couple of decades even though i was really skeptical in the beginning after a couple of decades i had to sort of sit back in my chair and say yep we can prove it it's real we truly are eternal beings wow and you do have to do the research to realize this whether it's reading books, listening to our shows, attending conferences or symposiums, whatever that is. Uh, somebody had messaged me on YouTube and really wanted within a paragraph why he, yes. sh he should believe in life after death. And it's like, gosh, I, I can't give it to you in a paragraph. <laughs> I get this too. What do you say? Yeah, this is a journey. I mean, it really is. But talk about rewarding because, you know, do you live your life different, Roberta, knowing that we don't die? Everything is different. I think it's impossible to adequately, adequately express how different your life is when you know the truth on every level. And in every case, it's an improvement over who I was and what I was and what I did before. Yes. Well, you have the same experience. I sure do. You live in a whole different frame. Eternity is a long time. And you live in a much different way. You no longer think I've got to get mine real fast because then I'm going to blink out. Instead, you think, how can I build myself and everybody else? Because we're going to be doing this forever. We may as well. It's sort of like you, you don't mess up your living room and throw trash in it. If you know that's where you're going to be for the next 50 years, you don't. You take care of it. You start taking care of your mind when you understand what it really is uh, much more than you ever did before. 
Oh, that's just great. How about we get into some of these books you've written? Because <laughs> you have many, and um, yeah, wh- where should we where should we go? I well, I definitely you know the fun of dying was like I said, phenomenal to really get uh, in. You don't just tell the story. I mean, you give the where you got some of the information from and back up reading and things like that. And I really got from reading that, Roberta, that when I closed my eyes the final time here on planet Earth, I opened them again a moment later in just someplace magnificent. And yes. to spell out what the afterlife would be like. I mean, it's just awesome. But I'm so for, glad you feel that way. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, I just... To me, it's like a gateway for people, that mm-hmm. book, because it's the, the core part of it is short and simple and easy to read. Most books are so sort of long that it's like you're making a real commitment, right. but you don't right. have to make a commitment to any of my fun books. You can read them in an evening, even even not even a long evening. Mm-hmm. And, that, and there's a reason for that. I, there's an appendix in each so that you can uh, do your own research to your heart's content, but you just want just the facts, ma'am. And that's what I give people is just the facts so they can start their own st- own journey. Yeah, and you're a reputable source. I mean, you're. it, it helps me to talk to people that, uh, I use the word credible, and here you are a business attorney for many, many years. And um, yeah, you're not just some fly-by-night person with some get-rich-quick book helping making people believe something no (laughs) you're pretty grounded yeah so roberta you also have is it the fun of staying in touch yes the fun of staying in touch is about how the dead get in touch with us and how we can get in touch with them anyone who dies with leaving close loved ones uh, tries to give signs and most of them are pretty predictable but most people have no idea what they are so they don't know what they're looking for and that's sad so uh, what that book does is relatively quickly explain to people what it is their own loved ones are likely to do and then also what are the ways to communicate that are the most effective and what's coming next mm. and what's coming next may be exciting. Um, it looks as if like apps, I think it's reasonable to suppose that in 10 or 15 years, there'll be an app that'll let you ask your great, great grandmother, what was that recipe again? Oh, Which is just gave gonna... me goosebumps to think of a possibility <laughs> like that. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. They're working on it. When I say they, I mean the dead, the, the dead experts are working on doing this for us. Well, and I think how you know some of this is if we can just take a little sidestep over to AREI, Afterlife Research and Education Institute, you are actually working with the people that are on the field doing this, these studies and the research, correct? Yes. Well, some of them, because there are people in other countries also that the dead are actively working with. The dead are the experts. The people here working with them are their lab assistants. And uh, the, there are there are people doing this work all over the world. And they're, they're now in contact with one another, which one of the things that we were seeing is a consolidation of the people who are actively working in these fields. Uh, This symposium, which I think will be annual uh, in each September in in Scottsdale, is one of the ways in which uh, they are networking and trying to network with everyone else. And I think that we're going to find, when we look back four or five years, we won't even recognize the field. I think most people will be aware of at least some of what we're talking about, and a lot of people will think it's old hat. That's amazing to someone who in 2010 
uh, would talk, look out over a sea of blank faces whenever I spoke. Nobody had any idea what I was talking about. It's happening fast. It is. And I, just this morning, I, I went, um, anybody who's interested in joining Roberta and I and a whole bunch of other cool people at the symposium, it's September 15th through 17th in Scottsdale, Arizona at the Embassy Suites Hotel. And you can easily go to afterlifestudies.org to find out more and register. And I invite you also just to look at the homepage of uh, AREI. I was just checking it out to some of the things that are available and some of the members and there's a whole world to the afterlife, Roberta, that I didn't even know existed until this morning. And so I'm very eager to interview some of the speakers that are going to be at the symposium and also some of the other uh, people that are members of um, AREI. I thought, oh my gosh. And, and I thought I was up on things. <laughs> I'm not... The, so. the person who knows everyone and everything is Dr. R. Craig Hogan, and he's the president of AREI. Um, whenever, whenever I want to know who knows this or who knows that, he can tell you. The other person uh, that I constantly ask things of is Wendy Zamet. And just to put in a little plug for her, her afterlife, Friday afterlife report, she and her husband, Victor, put together from Sydney, Australia, which comes to the United States on Thursday, is the best summary of what's going on in this field that I've ever seen there's there's I don't know how she does it every week I couldn't do it every month but she puts together an amazing presentation each week just go to victorzamit.com and uh, and subscribe it's free and it's terrific yeah I love this free and terrific stuff and there's (laughs) no and why not I mean we're a bunch of like-minded people that want to share information collaborate and give and ultimately have people trust that there is an afterlife that your loved ones are safe that we'll see them again and that our life is for a purpose it's all good yeah and speaking of our life being for a purpose can you tell us about the fun of um growing forever what is that book about well, we, we learn a lot from the dead besides the fact that we survive and what the afterlife is like. And obviously, after having put all that together, I got curious about other stuff. And one of the first things I got curious about is, so what is reality anyway? And that's why I chose Seek Reality as the title of my podcast and, and live radio show, because uh, that's what we all should be doing. Let's figure it out. And you, you can figure it out. And talking to, with, learning from the dead and learning from what we can now come to understand from, about the greater reality, it's what we're beginning to call it. The universe is tiny compared to the greater reality, just saying, but none of it is material. Wow. Uh, putting all of that together uh, and then having this stunning, stunning revelation, uh, which happened only like 12 years ago, that even though I'd been reading the Bible all my life, when I came to understand finally that no matter how hard I looked, I couldn't find one blessed thing about Christianity that was, was true. It was all false. I was really bummed out because I love Jesus. Sure. So I put away my Bible for a couple of years, and then one day I couldn't stand it anymore. I actually reread the Gospels, and I found he had said things about God, reality, death, the afterlife, and the meaning of our lives that we could not have learned in any other way until we were hearing from the dead now. 
And to me, that is the greatest discovery in all of human history. Jesus is not only real, but he knew what he was talking about. So that's when I began to understand that my real purpose is probably not to talk about the afterlife or the greater reality, but why are we here and how do we ace this lifetime? How do we make this our last lifetime? Because, of course, there is reincarnation, and yes, Jesus did teach it. So the fun of growing forever is a, a quick way to make this your last lifetime. What it does is to take the teachings of Jesus and turn them into what they were meant to be, which is a practical program for rapid spiritual growth. He said that if enough people will follow them, uh, follow his teachings, and they make you happy, that's the best part. They make your life easier and so much happier. But he said we could bring the kingdom of God on earth. We could end all the strife, all the anger and wars and hatred and pain forever if enough people will follow his teachings. I think that's kind of important. So that's that's what that book is about. It's gotten very good reviews. I've heard from a lot of people who who are following the teachings and saying, "Gee, this works." Yeah, it works. <laughs> of course, it does. Um, so that's what that's what I'm. That, that's the next to last thing I'm doing um, is is uh, trying to teach people why we're here and how to make that work for them in a in a way that will mean they'll never have to come back for another lifetime if they don't want to. Wow. I have not yet read that, and I think that'll be the next on my list. Because, uh, yeah, I am I love researching life after death. I do. But life is filled with struggles and <laughs> adventures and good times and bad times. And to be able to put it all in perspective and, and get that you can learn your life lessons and make the most of it. And, you know, why are we here? Uh, so you mentioned Jesus in Growing Forever, Fun of Growing Forever. You also have Liberating Jesus. How is that different? Oh, my goodness, yes. Um, well, liberating Jesus, none of this really was my idea, but um, I've been guided my whole life to do this stuff, and I only realize that now, of course. But I, when, when it came time for me to write that book, I was refusing to do it. I wasn't going to write about Jesus. So in early 2015, um, I was induced by my guide, not knowing yet who he was or anything about him, uh, to uh, get a, a reading from Suzanne Wilson. And then after he had allowed me to talk with my family, which was fun. Uh, he broke into that reading, my, my primary guy did, and uh, in, introduced himself. And I know he winced as he did this because he knew I was a groupie. <laughs> but in his next to last lifetime, he was Thomas Jefferson. And in his Thomas Jefferson lifetime, um, and I mean, I was such a fan, I, I couldn't get over it for a while. It, it was, I'm, I was so, he was so irritated with me for a while for being such a groupie about this when he was just trying to get through this, that we were hardly speaking for a while, but we're fine now. Um, but anyway, <laughs> <funny>. he, <laughs> but he, he had written a book when he was Thomas Jefferson and never published it. And that book was an early version of what now is liberating Jesus. And he said to me that I had through Suzanne, that I had to write this book. I didn't have a choice. And he showed us why, because if we don't rapidly raise the vibration of the planet, what, what he called the so-called Christians will start Armageddon in 200 years because things will have gotten so bad. And that that is what they're trying to avoid, uh, because, of course, Armageddon was a made-up thing. It never is going to happen. It's, it couldn't happen. Actually, it would destroy everything that they're trying to build. So so I said, okay, I will write this. Um, 
and I started to write it, but I wasn't with him. What I love about writing with him is he's so smart. He makes me feel smart and it's fun. It just flows. He doesn't dictate it, but he puts ideas in my mind and I write them down and it's a really good, good partnership, but it wasn't happening fast enough. So, um, one day he seized Suzanne in a Walmart parking lot. She said he literally took possession of her body for a second. And he said, we apologize for the increased energy, but you're working directly for the master now without the benefit of filters that would slow the transmission. Please let us know if it overwhelms the physical. And she, she emailed this to me immediately after it happened. I said, what? I, you know, who knew I went to bed and then at two o'clock in the morning, I wrote up, I, I woke up and ran to my desk and started to write. I wrote continuously from then until about eight o'clock that night. And you know, you have to go eat, eat and do stuff. But other than that, I continuously wrote, I couldn't get it down on paper fast enough. And I was so frustrated. I said, okay, because I knew it wasn't Thomas doing this. It was a much more powerful entity. I could deal with it, but it was, I was just a word processor for him. He doesn't give me ideas. So, uh, it's all his words. And he treated me like a word processor. I, I would find myself looking at a couple of lines above and then, oh, that's fine. Going back. And each time I would go back, he would make me look at it again until I realized what he wanted me to change. And then I would go back and to where we were writing and continue to write. It was amazing. But I said to him, I said, look, I understand that this has to be done, but I need to sleep. Please don't wake me up until after four in the morning. I woke up then the next morning and my clock said 401. Funny. I said, it's true. I said, deal. All right. And I got up and started writing. I went to, into my kitchen at six. I looked at the clock on my oven. It said 401, which proves to you, A, they easily manipulate our clocks. And B, he's got a sense of humor. Um, that's by the time my husband get up, got up, the clock was normal. So it was nothing wrong with the clock. He was playing with it. That's amazing. And that's the, the story of where it came from and how it happened and how much I resisted it is in the last appendix to Liberating Jesus. Liberating Jesus is in a class by itself from as far as I'm concerned. Yes. While he was writing it, he kept saying this was his new revelation. I know, of, I know stories now longer than I can tell on air about uh, why it, it had to be written, um, what the other things they had tried that didn't work, one of which is A Course in Miracles, and, uh, and what, what they intended to do. And I, I just, I don't even feel humble about it. I just, I'm in awe of the way they work. It is, the more you work with spirit, the more you, you get how spirit works. And it's just, it's so amazing. I'm <laughs> always in awe listening to your stories because they're, they're real. Things are happening and, and it just shows happening. what's possible. And are you special? Well, of course, we're all uh, special. No. Though. But you know we, what I mean? We, all, we are all, and it just... Yes, we sign up. Yeah. Anybody who, who hears what I'm saying and says, gee, I'd like a piece of that, mm -hmm. you're probably supposed to have a piece of that. And all you have to do is give your life to God. All of these things that are happening in my life now are because I did that. One day, I decided I, I used it. It was God's turn. So I started to pray and gratitude um, gratitude affirmations. I'm having a slow morning. Okay. That um, I pray to this day. I say, thank you for giving me work to do. Thank you for showing me how to do it. I say that every day, usually a couple times a day. Thank and, you for giving me work to do. Thank you for showing me how to do it. And that's it. And within a few months, I was writing. I didn't even know I was going to write a book. I was writing The Fun of Dying.
It's not hard. It's not hard. It's not hard to do it, and it's not hard to be used. What's difficult is giving up your life. Because what if, you know, God decides to send you to uh, Kenya to work in a leper colony? you, You know, people think that that's what God wants. But God wants more for us than we could possibly want for ourselves. I could never have dreamed of the of the amazing life that I have now. I would not have. I could not have imagined it. And it's all because I decided that it was God's turn. That's spectacular. I want to just step. I uh, don't want to step over this. When you found out through Suzanne that Thomas Jefferson was your your guide, your primary guide, didn't you write a book or two about Thomas Jefferson? Or well, there was a story that goes with yeah, that. Yeah, I, I I remember back, that you have a story, but I don't remember the story. But I know it gave me goosebumps. Well, back in um, uh, the eighties uh, was when Jesus finally decided, according to Thomas that he didn't tell us this until after the book was published. He was willing to tell us more. He said Jesus decided that he had to have a way to give us his new revelation in simple terms because A Course in Miracles sorted oh, right over everybody's head. That came in the 60s. And uh, he wanted to, they wanted to, to dictate it now, but they were looking for what um, Thomas called a pure vessel, someone who wasn't known for writing, you know, new age stuff or anything. And Thomas, bless his little heart, he proposed me, to work with Jesus because uh, I he was already he already had me on track to write Liberating Jesus although I had no idea and so they had to prove I could channel before I was selected for this and as a result he decided this man who was so private he had never in his life written anything personal he burned all his wife letters he decided that he would use his own life to prove I could channel and that's what what um, my Thomas is. I became obsessed with the idea of researching Thomas Jefferson. Uh, I did. Um, I became entranced with this amazing marriage he had. It only spanned 10 years, which neatly is the revolution. So uh, I I wrote this book, and I was so smart as I wrote this book. It's the first time I ever channeled doing the research. Writing the book was so easy. And we we submitted it. Um, I got an agent immediately. I, we submitted it to Doubleday. They bought it at once, twenty thousand copies, which is ex- which even then was very unusual for um, someone who had never published a novel before. I thought it was a novel. I'm so silly. Um, and and uh, so that's where that's how that started. It was it's my Thomas is believe it or not a channeled autobiography by Thomas Jefferson of his life during the Revolutionary War. That's what it is. And even the words used and the manner of speaking is not how you speak. No, the first version is so archaic in language that um, I have toned it down for the most recent edition because I think I think it reads better if it's a little more modern. But I've left a lot of the charm that came through from uh, from him, actually from his team. I don't believe he was the one who dictated it. I think it was a team. Uh, I, I now know who the team probably was because I now know a lot more of my guides and who they are and what they do. Oh, this is fascinating. <laughs> but this is why I love having that. lunch with you when we can get together, because it's just always more. But, but at that point, Jesus selected me, and they started preparing me to write Liberating Jesus. So you can imagine how embarrassed Thomas was when he told me during, you know, we all be with our guides at night. He told me one night, well, this is your next project. And I said, uh-uh, no way, Jose. And no matter what he told me at night, I would not change my mind. So that's why he had to break into my daytime life. 
Wow. So those of us who are not meeting with our guides at night, or maybe we are and we don't know we it. We all are. Everyone does. Everyone listening yeah. has a guide at least, usually a team of guides. And at night, while your your body sleeps, you don't have to sleep. You astral travel. Um, we meet in a conference room. You might meet in a field. But you meet, you know, lie around, chat. Maybe you take a course or two. You see your dead loved ones. That's how we spend a good part of our time, all of us. Well, I don't remember those those things. I remember sometimes nightmares and silly dreams and things. And so our mind can be on autopilot doing dreams and meanwhile we're elsewhere? What what the dreams seem to be is what happens when our, our mind, which has been doing all of this stuff, returns to direct contact with our brain, which has no idea what's going on. Our brain is just a piece of meat. And so to make sense of what it's getting from our mind, it gives us these strange stories. That's what dream what, what dreams seem to be. They take you know, instances from our lives that are going on and things, and they make these strange little stories. There are real dreams that are communication dreams. Sometimes we're allowed to remember our, our meetings with our guides or especially our meetings with our dead loved ones. We call those communication dreams. And they stay fresh. If your dream is fresh in your mind past lunch, a dream of your mom or of someone who died, and you still remember it in the afternoon in detail, it was a communication dream. Those, are, those stay with you. Yeah, I've heard many stories of those. And they, they stay and people can... Even if it happened 10 years ago, it's like yeah. they can remember it like it just happened. Yep, I've had two, and, and they're still very fresh in my mind. I love One that. was from my horse, I should just say. Was my from horse what? gave me my best communication Your dream. horse. Yeah, it was the best. He's waiting there for me. Thomas tells me that during a nightly you know, meeting, I have asked when it's time for me to leave if I can ride out on him. And he said, it's already been arranged. Isn't that hysterical? I, I didn't even know I wanted that, but apparently I did. I've heard more and more and more just about our pets and our loved creatures. Oh, yeah. they're, they're all there. And they are all there. see them and all course, again. Bo looks so good now. He was an old, old man when he died, but he looks good now. I'm going to tell you, he's beautiful. My horse. Well, and just like the rest of us, we could be <laughs> yes, old and crusty, okay. but when we step over to eternity, we can be our best selves. Is that correct? Absolutely. Without yeah, the pains. And, and I know exactly how I'm going to look. Oh, my goodness. Nobody is going to recognize me how I'm going to look so gorgeous. <laughs> you are gorgeous now. <laughs> Inside and out. Well, Roberta, would you mind if we talked a little bit about the symposium? Because the last few episodes, for anyone who's listening right now, I've been inviting you but just to find out a little bit more about it and then and then we can talk more about other things that you're up to but I am super excited number one that I got to uh, I get to be part of it and I, and I get to be one of the speakers but it's also an opportunity for me to find out like what's going on in this whole afterlife realm and who's doing what and 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 you know more being the vice president of AREI but would can we talk about it a little a bit well, we, we, we have, Craig and I have put on two uh, um, symposiums or conferences in the past, in 2014 and in 2015, um, one of which was about just about what the afterlife is, which to me is old hat now. Everybody seems to mostly know that or you can easily get that from books. And then one was, one was about communication. Um, but that's an area which, I mean, it kind of is thin. You need more than that to make up a good meeting. So this one will have three prongs. Um, these are three areas we think are the most cutting edge in this field. And the first is communication. There's a lot going on that people don't know. And there are a lot of kinds of communication of which people are not aware. So 
about a third of our time will be spent, and this, of course, we're going on multiple tracks, and we're going to have experts and panels and stuff as well. Mm-hmm. A third okay. will be about communication, and especially what's going on right now. And we'll have mediums there who will do readings. Um, we're going to have um, demonstrations of channeling. It's going to be just amazing in that in that area. The yeah, second yeah. Will, will be about end-of-life um, care, which is an area which is very important. Until recently, uh, hospices were not even allowing people to tell, even though they were daily seeing evidence that what we say is true. They were not allowing anyone to talk about it. That's changing. In fact, we're hearing now from people who have hospices or even chains of hospices to you know, help their people. And most of us are going to have parents and grandparents who are going to die. It would be good if we knew how best to help them with that process. So we're going to be talking about that as well. And the third is what Craig calls the new spirituality. Uh, when when I discovered, and I think I may be the first person on earth who ever was a biblical scholar and also a scholar of the afterlife. So I've discovered this, yes. everybody. I deserve credit. But um, to, to, to understand that there is, in fact, that it isn't just, spirituality isn't just sort of a little extra thing. It is the core of existence. It describes the greater reality. It describes us. There is nothing that is not spiritual. And it's based in fact, even more than what we call science is based in fact, because science is governed by what they call materialism and materialist dogma. They've had that for a hundred years. So they won't look at any of this stuff because it's against their religion, which is materialism. Well, without any religion, when we look frankly at the truth, what comes out of that truth is a glorious new spirituality. This is what Jesus and so many other great, great um, prophets and seers came to do, to teach us to get rid of the superstitions and relate to God on our own, because we are part of God. Our minds are part of God. Letting anything come between us and God is is a, is not helping, it's hurting. So what, what I'm going to be, I think, giving three or four different kinds of things which relate to the new spirituality. Nobody's trying to do anything negative to Christianity, I would like to say to Christians. In fact, uh, what, what this is going to become will be essentially uh, another Christian alternative. If you want to be uh, a Christian, but you would like to relate to God more directly, if you'd like to truly know Jesus, which Christians really don't because they don't study the Gospels especially or care what they what Jesus said. If you want to do those things, that's what this will allow you to do. But so those are the three um, the three prongs basically and we'll have a lot to do within those three. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun because a lot of what we'll be talking about we've never talked about before in public. So it's going to be a lot of new stuff. Well, that's pretty cool. I saw that Sonia Rinaldi is one of the yeah. speakers you you mentioned just who she is because i i remember long ago uh hearing about her and i thought what that's happening on this earth sonia rinaldi is the leading um as far as we know uh experimenter in uh electronic communication worldwide she's in brazil so most of what she gets is in brazil but she is two or three years ahead of the people who are working with um, what we think of as the North American station, where the dead are trying to set up the same thing that Sonia's doing, but in English. Um, she, she was, we, we, I met her in 2014. She came to that conference and she's just 
The stuff she showed us is just incredible. It really is. She's been uh, of late. What the dead insist that the first communications have to be between uh, children who are there and parents who are here. And uh, she has been spending whole days connecting hundreds and hundreds of children with their parents. The child wants to come through. She lets the parents know, and the the connection happens. Um, in in this, uh, there are people doing that in this country as well, just beginning, as I say, we're a couple of years behind her, uh, just beginning through the North American station to give, uh, to, to put people in contact with their dead children. Man, so, and they can actually hear the children yeah. in live time, right? And they see, they seem, uh, they sound like themselves. Uh, it's quite amazing. Is but song is communications are much clearer. It with what the what the stations, what the people running the stations um, in the after from the afterlife levels are trying to do, is to make the connections stronger. And it's all based in energy. So this is this requires some complex strengthening. You you know repeated use of the the connections and and strengthening of them and they're they're working on it they say eventually it's going to work well but they had predicted we would have it in north america sooner than we have it uh i think for two reasons number one um they don't know time because they don't live in time so to them yeah soon you know next tuesday uh when it might take two years they they just don't think in terms of time as we do and the importance of it because it isn't important to them but in addition, there have been some setbacks, some negative entities that have been trying to prevent this from happening, and they've had to take time to clear those things out. Mm. It's, it's, it's spectacular. I, I know one of the terms is creating the soul phone, right? Is that yeah, the, that, that's, the soul phone is Gary Schwartz's project. Um, as I understand it... And I he'll gonna, be there. He'll be there. <laughs> yes, he's going to be there. Um, I was in his laboratory in January. He has a lovely new, new laboratory now. Um, in Tucson, uh, and he was working with light. We think, um, although he won't confirm, but we think what he's going to do is begin with texting using uh, light signals, you know, text with grandma or grandpa, and then uh, that will progress. And that may be a better way to do it because that will strengthen the, co- the communication connection, the energies uh, involved in that. So it'll be easier to make uh, voice communication happen afterward. Mm. Roberta, what I really dig about this whole symposium is there's so much more. And I think if, if this might be the first time you're listening to the show, you might be looking for proof of the afterlife or grieving the loss of a loved one, which is very, very real pain. But I know in my shows, we've talked to mediums, people that have had near-death experiences, um, some different kind of folks. But to know that there's a whole, a whole nother level of things that are going on to, you know, at some point we're all going to be able to be able to connect. You don't necessarily have to go to a medium. There's other ways of, of doing this. There's so much more research going on in the field of the afterlife. And I am, I'm thrilled. You have no idea how thrilled I am to be able to meet people and be part of this in September. I mean, it's, it's going <laughs> to be spectacular. 
But you have no idea how thrilled we are for you to be there. So Aww, just, sweet. just be aware it's mutual. Well, and with me is going to come a whole bunch of listeners because I know there's folks listening right now that you want to go and you're on the fence and maybe you don't know who's going to be there. Well, heck, I'm going to be there and Roberta's going to be there. And I <laughs> plan on having a, a little welcoming gathering in the lobby the night before and we can get together. And uh, even at some point, I'll put on my website if somebody's looking for a roommate who doesn't want to, you know, somebody to split the cost. Yeah, we're going to figure that out. But if this feels like something you should be at, I really recommend you go to afterlifestudies.org and just register yourself. Uh, it's not expensive. It, it, it's all doable. You know, when there's a will, there's a way. And if you're meant to be there, you know, let's let's get you there. It'll be great. And and it is good to do it now or soon because um, there, there's a re- very reduced rate now and even more reduced if you do the 25 bucks and jo- join AREI, which is a good thing to do anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and in addition, uh, we have a limited block of $99 a night rooms. This is in a luxury hotel in Scottsdale, Arizona, where the rooms would be more than twice that normally. So if the sooner you go there, the sooner you can grab some of those $99 a night rooms. Mm. Okay, perfect. Well, I've grabbed mine. Yeah, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to do it. I still haven't uh, because there's so much else going on. Oh, I, I live with my aunt, as many people know, and she's going to be traveling the same time. And, you know, we're like, okay, how are we going to work this out? Because, you know, we've got the cat. And I said, Donna, let me tell you what I'm going to be what I'm going to be doing. She's like, oh, I'll rearrange my schedule. You've got to be there. You know, it's just, oh. it's great. It's super. So, Roberta, let's talk about what you're up to now. You, I'm One can only guess you're writing another book. <laughs> well, again, this is all Thomas. He's, he's, he's driving the train. And let me just say, I don't think a human being could produce as high quality, well-written books in the, in the time frame that you've done them had you not had a little help. Thank you. There, to me, that's a very basic point because I, I, I didn't write anything for my entire life, and then in my sixties, I'm turning out two or three. This year, we think I'll turn out six books. Um, the whole thing is beyond wow. anyone's ability to do it if you don't have help. Right. But when Thomas was um, Thomas Jefferson, he, uh, I think he chose one of the reasons he chose that lifetime in which he would inherit slaves because because he was trying to end slavery. And he, there's a lot of evidence he did try when he was young. And when then his wife died at 33, he was 39. He sort of lost heart. He was a different man afterward. So he, I think it's still been really a burr under his saddle all this time. So um, he did, he told me uh, a year and a half ago, almost two years ago, that I would be writing a book uh, about presidents. And I don't care about presidents. Well, what he envisioned as a book about presidents is what I have just written um, with Kelly Glover, who is just a, a wonderful, dear friend of mine. I couldn't have done it without her. It is, it is a book about why we have such terrible racial problems, why we cannot end them on our own, and how we can end them in one generation. It's called The Fun of Living Together, and it's full of quotations from a lot of people, as all my books are, but most of these people are American presidents. And this book is already out. I've, it's I out. It's just out. Yes. The fun yeah. of Living Together. Yes. I think it's one of the best things I've ever written. But again, I didn't write it. But still, it's... Um, it, it is already getting interest. Uh, I'm not yet ready to talk about the interest, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm astonished by it. But there's nothing so powerful as an idea whose time has come. And there's no way to fix. We've tried everything else to fix our racial problems. It's time now to try the one thing which probably will work. Mm. 
I saw a beautiful billboard that had, um, it was just two skeletons holding hands. And then just where the hands were held, there was a circle and it was a black hand and a white hand. And yep. it was just like, so the, the possibility of the day, and, ma- and many people do this, uh, you know, you just look at a human being for the human being they are. And just to have that uh, on the planet, awesome. So thank you for channeling that. Thank you. And thank Thomas. But but we, we now know, and I don't know if I should say this publicly, but um, we've been told now that Kelly was in his Jefferson lifetime, as was I. Um, and she also was a male at the time. She was a white male. But she and I have been friends for more than a decade, good friends. We would have did lunch a lot and, and a lot of fun together. We never, we didn't know that we had this connection and that we were on tap to write this book when the time was right. We had no idea. But then when the time was right, they immediately put the notion into our minds. We started talking about it. And next thing I knew, I was writing another book. Mm. And Kelly's co-wrote the She's, book with you. Yes, Kelly Glover is 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 Glover. one of the eighty percent of the people in this country who are melanin enriched are descendants of slavery, and her story is a wonderful story too. She tells it in the book, and her father's story is downright amazing. She tells that too. Hmm. Roberta, I didn't know this till I got my DNA test done, um, but I am one eighth African. Yes, there and, are a lot of people who are. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's interesting because I live. And I live in Massachusetts now, but uh, seeing where my ancestry came from, I could actually, I found out the slave ships that came into Newport, Rhode Island, and what countries those slaves came from. And when I got the DNA back, it's from those countries. So, amazing. People don't understand. Slavery was nationwide. I mean, there were a lot of of dark slaves in, um, uh, in New England in the, you know, 1600s and into the 1700s. They... The first state, in fact, the first place on the entire earth to ban the importation of slaves. I'll, I'll give you a guess what that was. No, no you, you'll never no, guess. No. It was Virginia. No. Thomas, during the Revolutionary War in 1778, managed to get a bill through the Virginia legislature that banned the importation of slaves. Wow. That was his start. At, at ending slavery back then, which would have been the, one of the greatest improvements in this country that you can possibly imagine. But then Martha died and he fell apart, kind of, and he went on to become great. Uh, he would have preferred, I think, to end slavery and keep Martha. Interesting. Well, I'm excited to see how this all opens up, knowing <laughs> the power and the connections that you have in the in the invisible world. <laughs> yeah, right. nothing to do with me. I just try to show up looking presentable. You know, Jesus says in the Bible um, not to worry about what you're going to say because the words will be given to you. And I live my life that way. I'm not. Uh, I'm. I, it's not not about me. And the last thing I want to do is get in their way. And for all of us to know that as much as we love Roberta, we're all special and this is all possible. Whatever it is that is your your thing, your passion, your dream, you know, it came from somewhere. And to nurture that and thank you for giving me work to do. Thank you for showing me how to do it. That's all you have to say. And believe me, they take you at your word. But also, if you're 40, 50, 60, don't worry that you've missed your mark. I didn't start writing and going public with this till I was in my 60s. That's when I began it. So, you know, your time may not be quite yet. Just be open to it. 
to the possibility that you're being called to do something important for the world. Mm. And the common word in most of your book titles is fun. Yes. <laughs> that came from them, by the way. I wanted to call the fun of dying, dying for idiots, you know, like dying for dummies. <laughs> oh. but, but my publisher didn't like that. And um, one morning I woke up and I had three titles in my mind. Obviously, they had given them to me the night before. The fun of dying, the fun of staying in touch, and the fun of growing forever. So I thought, well, that's a way better title. And that's why, that's why they're all fun books. Wow, Roberta. Before we end the show, I've got a couple more quick questions for you. But how do people get in touch with you or find out more about your books, your podcast? What's the best way to reach you? My website is robertagrimes.com, and there's a contact block on the website, on, I think on all the pages. Just email me through that, and um, I do answer every email. And it, sometimes it takes feel. <laughs> I'm up all night doing it, but I do it because it's very important. I love hearing from people, and I love trying to help people you know, make their own leaps forward into uh, a better life. Um, Seek Reality is originally live on bbmglobalnetwork.com, which you can find on the internet. And they, they do a very good job of sort of producing and packaging my shows. It comes on Thursday evening at 7 p.m., bbmglobalnetwork.com. It's, it's available by app now, as you know from Sandra. Mm-hmm. And it's available uh, two weeks after the live broadcast on um, webtalkradio.net. It's available on several networks as well. Um, Someone helped me calculate that we seem to have a million listeners now, but I don't necessarily believe that because nobody really knows at any given time who's listening. And a lot of that is podcasts. You know, people listen to podcasts years afterwards sometimes. So I don't know. But anybody who listens, I'm so grateful, and I love to hear from people. Oh, I love that. So, Roberta, what haven't I asked you that I should, or what do you want to share that um, before we close the show? What are you working on now, Roberta? Oh, Roberta, what are you working on now? Well, (laughs) (laughs) you're a good radio host yourself, so you know just how to coach me. Thank you very much. Well, I, 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 Thomas promised me that I would have some time off to write novels and not have to do, you know, this kind of channeling when, um, when the fun of uh, living together was out. And he broke his promise uh, and immediately gave me another book, which is called The Fun of Loving Jesus. And I didn't like the title. I didn't like anything about it. But he gave me the table of contents, which is how I get these books. I The title pops into my mind. And then when I wake up one morning and I just write the table of contents and I know I've got a book. And so I now understand why it's going to be good and why it's important. But I didn't at first. But it's not a, it's not a Christian book at all. It's a genuine book about what Jesus taught and how to be his follower. It's sort of if if liberating Jesus and the fun of growing forever had a love child, it would be the book I'm writing now. Oh, great. <laughs> and that'll be this year. I'm yeah, sure. it should be out in a few months because these, these only take me a few weeks to do. That's amazing. <laughs> so many people have asked me when my next book's coming out, and I thought just writing the first one was hard. Um, but be open to getting some help. Why not? Yeah. Yes, I couldn't do any. I found I cannot write a coherent sentence to start a book. I, I would never attempt to do a book without their help. I, I wouldn't. We're also doing children's books, and we expect at least one of them to be out this year. It's slow only because of the illustrations, which are beautiful, by the way. Um, it's called The Fun of Meeting Jesus, and it's a picture book for children uh, about meeting Jesus in the woods. That's great. 
and I'm sure there's some great life lessons in there. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. For, for children, I mean, obviously, to to talk to children, um, you've got to talk in simple and safe ways. But yes. uh, Jesus tells that Jesus says that the same things in the book that he says in the Gospels, and I think it's going to be quite lovely. I'm anxious to see it with the, with the illustrations. Yeah, and we know from those formative years when we're children, that's that's when we pick up our our beliefs and to yes feed into our young minds. Those kind of things can make a whole different human being. Well, the, the idea came from someone who had read Liberating Jesus. She said, you know, I get all of this, but I'm trying to find a children's book for my very young children about, um, I think she was a homeschool person, mm -hmm. uh, about Jesus. And I, all I can find is books about saints and Mary and nobody. So I said, I got you covered because <laughs> I knew I knew she was saying something I was supposed to be aware of. And sure enough, there was the book. So um, you, if you're open to spirit, and the more this happens to you, the more open you become. I was just closed as a post at one point. But now I, I totally trust that they know better than I do. Wow, that's such an inspiration for all of us, even myself. We have no idea what's available or possible or what the future yeah. holds. Yeah, you are greater than you can possibly imagine. Your spirit is so much bigger, so much more wonderful, and directly part of God. That's who you are. You're, you're, uh, it's frustrating to me to see that the culture doesn't support this truth because so if, so if people knew who and what they really were, the, everything would be changed. It would, it would make all the difference. It just, just it, we'll get there. We just have to keep working at it. Yeah, it's just a matter of time. I mean, people thought the earth was flat for a long time. That's where we are, by the way, right now. In, in this terms conversation. Of understanding what's going on. Flat is about where people are. Um, and the world is round. Mm -hmm. And so is your life. That's great. Well, Roberta Grimes, thank you for being our guest today. Thank you, Sandra. You're terrific at this. Oh. I see why people love to listen to you. Oh, well, I like to have fun. I like to learn myself. And I know for me, when I get goosebumps in an episode and I'm inspired, that I won't be the only one. So I'm always, I'm reaching for the goosebumps. That's <laughs> what I'm doing. And for our listener, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen. 145 episodes. That's quite a few in the past two years. That's awesome. Wow. It yeah. is. I, yeah, I'm thrilled. And I, I can't tell you, Roberta, how many people have written that they've listened to every single one. And then yeah. I could go a few weeks without having an episode unlike you who's weekly just because of my travels and my and my day job um, but I always right. come back for more and some people when I'm gone they'll pick a random one and they'll listen again for inspiration so I love that and love people remember you can find Roberta at her website robertagrimes.com easy way to go or you can simply go to we don't die radio.com click on episode 145 and I have links to make it easy for you to find Roberta, to find her app, to find her website, uh, to find her books, just making it simple for you. And I want to remind you, if you want to come meet us in person, and I can promise it's going to be an event that's going to change your life, come to the symposium with Roberta and I, September 15th through 17th in Scottsdale, Arizona, and you can go to afterlifestudies.org to sign up. So in closing... This is Sandra Champlain, and I've been your host on We Don't Die Radio. I want to leave you with the words of Roberta. Thank you for giving me work to do. Thank you for showing me how to do it. So let's put that into play on a daily basis. What would our, be our lives be like taking that on? So I want to thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon. <music>